Hey there, it's Darren Steele here. Welcome to another episode of the Living Out Podcast. So I'm a gay man and a life coach who's an expert at helping people break free of the limitations of the status quo that fucks with who they are. If you've left the best parts of you in the closet, then this podcast will help you to live out the best of who you are. I'm an active supporter of Queer Voices as the founder and publisher of Think Queerly on Medium, and you can find out everything about me at darrensteel.com. So in this episode, we're going deep and maybe a little bit emotional, and I'm calling this When We Witness So Much Injustice. How do we respond, but also how do we respond to the perpetrators? You know, generally, if you read the news or if you live in a part of the world where you are witnessing firsthand uh, discrimination, LGBTQ discrimination, bigotry, religious hatred, racial hatred, ableist discrimination, financial discrimination, and just government oppression, You know, there's so much pain and so much anguish in the world. Sometimes we just want to shut down, but other times our intrinsic, immediate response to the people that are maybe perhaps instigating, making these things happen, causing this pain, is to lash out at them or to somehow bash back. So this, this idea, what I want to talk about here today, came to me Last week, I was at the gym. I'm usually there weekdays early in the morning. And I was on an elliptical. And in front of me was one of the televisions on another machine. Another person was on it. And it was CNN News. And I knew exactly what was happening in this footage. It was a very young child being reunited with her mother from one of the I'm going to call it what it is, concentration camps in the United States. You know, the government's calling it internment or holding centers or whatever. But please, let's call apples, apples and oranges, oranges and not beat around the bush. Literally, how these people are being treated, how these children are being treated is horrible. But what was so potent to me was even from a distance how this mother was holding her child. And the the child was small enough that, you know, she could still pick up her child, however much that child weighed, 40 pounds, I don't know, but the child's head was nestled in between the shoulder and the neck of the mother. And the mother kept touching the child's head and rubbing its back. And it's very hard to even... Remember this visual without getting emotionally upset. I don't have children. I can't even imagine what this must have been like to have your child taken away from you. Because let's just assume, let's just assume that this was a good person, this mother, that the only thing she was doing was trying to escape a country that, that was a hell to live in for whatever reason she was leaving, does that woman deserve the kind of treatment of having her child taken away from her for trying to seek asylum? 
whether it's illegal or not. Is that right? I don't think so. But I want to use that story as the impetus. Because when I look at something like that, the question that goes through my head is, how the fuck can I do anything about this? Do I have any power, any ability to make a change, to make this situation better? And I mean, it would be inhuman, at least I think so, if you were to watch that video and not experience any kind of empathy for that moment, for witnessing the insanity of the power of the emotional response and reaction that both mother and child were having. So how can we respond to this kind of injustice? And I have to say there isn't a single simple answer. You know, yes, all manner of protest, organizing, writing petitions and and civil disobedience are required to to force a corrupt fascist government to stop abusing human rights and putting children in concentration camps. I mean, this is not acceptable. And what I see happening in this moment in the world is, is that it's an escalation of corruption and greed and a complete loss of empathy and morality for the people in power who are doing everything to make sure they can be the richest 1% in the world, and even more so, not so much the richest 1%, but the most powerful people that become a ruling class where everyone else is basically a servant to their own needs. This is what's happening in the United States right now. And you know, you can fight with your fists. And you can shout with words. But I'm beginning to think and see and question and wonder if this kind of bashing back only creates a greater division, a greater dichotomy between those who believe they are right in what they are doing and the other side that believes they are right in what they are doing. What do I mean by that? I was reading something somewhere in the last couple of weeks about, you know, if you try and shout down someone who you believe is a fascist or a racist and you call them by those names, you're actually emboldening them because they don't see themselves as a fascist or a racist. There are ways in which we might be able to have a conversation with them It might not be easy, it might take a lot of time, it might go sideways and never become productive. But I'm going to come back to this in a moment. Because I feel we we need both approaches. But we need to take a different approach that reinforces and demonstrates empathy beyond what the evildoers of this world are 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 doing 
Now, some of these evildoers are, are kind of lost causes. I really do not believe that someone like Donald Trump has the emotional capacity to become a better person. Everything that's available to be read says he's a sociopathic narcissist. And, you know, even with psychological intervention and putting him away, there's probably little hope for his unique madness. And that brings into question, okay, well, what about other men? And it seems to always be men. That's a whole other podcast about manhood and masculinity and the need for power. But what about other men in power? Let's just throw out some names. Kim Jong-un in North Korea, Vladimir Putin, Jeff Sessions and Mike Pence in the United States government. And there's so many more names, but these are the ones that are top of mind that show up with respect to things that I'm concerned about. Um, I don't know for certain. I can't prove it. But when I watch these men in video in in the news, I, I have hope that they could still experience the truest of empathetic emotion. Now, they may have been have bleh, <laughs> they may have been indoctrinated by their religious or political ideologies. They may be living in 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 fear actually of what they could lose that's you know really blinding them to the evil that they're doing to other people. <clears throat> but something tells me, just based on how they present themselves in public, and maybe I'm just being ridiculously and unnecessarily hopeful here, but that there is hope they could experience a deeper connection with all of humanity. And what I mean by that is, let's pretend that we can conduct an extreme experiment. Let's say we could take one of these men and lock them in a room, almost like an interrogation room where you've got like the, the, uh, the one-way glass and In most interrogation rooms, there are uh, police on the other side watching, and then the person in the interrogation room only sees a mirror. I actually think this should be sort of reversed. So we've got one of these men sitting in a chair in this room all by themselves, very clockwork orange style. I don't think we need to go so far as to force their eyes open with uh, strange contraptments and put them back in what something like a dentist chair and strap them down so that they have no choice but to watch. No, I don't think we need to go that far and we don't need to terrorize them. But what would happen if they had to witness situation after situation, a human outpouring of loss and emotional pain? What if they had to witness countless mothers being separated from and then being reunited with their children in the case of the United States and the internment camps? What if they had to witness family members wailing, crying at a loss in front of another family member that has been killed in war. What if they were to witness that for hours and hours on end? 
more specifically, not the violence itself, but the emotional outpouring, the anguish and the pain expressed in others. What would it take for these men and others like them to experience the emotional pain that they inflict upon others, seemingly unwittingly, seemingly with a little grin on the side of their face. How much pain and hatred and loss of life is required before all of this is going to stop? It's as if we need to create an empathy police to round up the worst abusers and send them to empathy camps. That sounds crazy. (laughs) And I feel like I'm grasping at straws for ideas, pleading with my intellect to find solutions. And I know there are people out there that are looking to how they can affect change through conversation, through starting with people who might appear to hate and having a conversation and trying to relate to them on their own terms. I'm not saying this is going to be easy. I'm not saying this is going to happen quickly. But we need to be better. I don't mean that we need to be right or righter or better than someone else. That's our gut emotion. That's our fight or flight instinct to protect ourselves and to fight if we need or to flee. And and there's nothing wrong with feeling that when it's about survival. But when it's something on the internet, when it's someone talking in public, when it's something that, you know, we could possibly get in contact or someone with greater connections would be able to sit down one-on-one and the more, I don't know. But the physical combativeness, the physical violence needs to stop at some point. And I don't mean just from the evildoers that are inflicting the pain, but I'm looking at it from a standpoint of there's a point in time when we need to push back to defend ourselves, to defend human rights for everyone, to defend equal rights and human rights for every LGBTQ person, every person of color, everyone, not just an us versus them society. It's complicated and it's easy to feel helpless. I do quite often feel helpless and I don't know really how to end this episode because it's not like some nonfiction or fictional story where I'm doing a hero's journey, you know, act one, the problem, the challenge, and act two, going on the journey, trying to discover and find the solutions, and then act three, the resolution, and hopefully the positive end and the hero comes out alive and everything is happy and better. This story is organic in that You know, there are 8 billion people on this planet or whatever the correct number is now. 
And we can remain reactionary, or we can learn to be better. And I'm going to think on this more, and I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can be better, what ways in which we can help other people who want to be better in the sense of how can we create more empathy in the world such that the expression of the experience of empathy will switch on more people to be open to seeing and witnessing that the immediate sort of gut, or not so much gut, but the immediate amygdala ancient brain response or fight or flight, like, fuck off, I'm going to bash you because you're bashing me, might not always be the most appropriate and most effective response. If you've got links, if you've got ideas, if you want to start a discussion, then head on over to my website at darrensteel.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-E-E. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) I can't even spell my own name. D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-E-H-L-E dot com. And leave a comment on this episode's post. Let me know your thoughts about how we can become better, more empathetic, and, and change the world for the better. So thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. I would invite you to leave a comment or a star rating so that you can let the various services know what you think of the podcast. And you can also find me on a number of places on social media, both on Twitter and Instagram as at Darren Steele. And I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode. Until then, live out, live proud, and practice empathy.